0: Ave Maria School of Law is committed to training lawyers to use law appropriately around the moral issues of our time. Visit AveMariaLaw.edu to learn more about integrating your faith with a law degree. Good morning, Philip. Good morning, Ricardo. I learned something about you today. You did. So you asked me about the garden, Mm -hmm. right? And I told you that one of the things I care about now is weather. I told you about this app that I have to see if it's going to rain or not. And then you revealed something about you that I didn't know. Well, it's not
1: that interesting, but I am obsessed with weather. So one of my things I wanted to do when I was younger was to be a meteorologist until I realized it was too much math and science. And also I was being called to the priesthood. But yeah, always on my Internet browser, one of the tabs open is for the National Weather Service and then sometimes a separate one for the radar. But there's a little link down there. If you scroll down, there's a little link for the forecast discussion. And that's where the meteorologist uses more tactical language to describe how, kind of how they came up with the forecast. I'm fascinated by that. Sometimes before I go to bed at night, I look at the forecast discussion.
0: When you started this explanation, you said that this was not a big deal. I think it's absolutely <laughs> fascinating. We were just chatting a little earlier
1: you believe that maybe we as Americans are a little more interested into like forecasting weather, predicting weather than, for instance, in Spain. That's that's say. my experience. And, okay. and,
0: and I would make it it would make it to a top 10 list of things that surprised me when I first came to this country. But you have to take it with a grain of salt because I can be a very distracted person sometimes. And maybe that's something that it's typical in Spain also. But I remember being very impressed. Plus, I, 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 I was very impressed about the accuracy of people. So when in winter, when they tell you it's going to snow, it yeah. almost always snows. Father, this weekend is going to snow. It does. Uh, um, today is going to rain, and it actually rains. You know, I don't remember this forecasting being so popular in, in, in Spain, but maybe it is and I don't know. It's
1: possible we just had different interests kind of growing up. Maybe, maybe it's you, but I think there's something to that. I told you our government spends a lot of money on the National Weather Service or the organizations connected to that, and I don't know if that's true in all other parts of the world.
0: I think you are more faithful to your so-called obsessions than my. You know, I've been rotating and this year is gardening. Yeah, yeah. Maybe another year will be meteorology. Who, who knows? Knows. That's Who knows? Right. <laughs> anyway, here we are, two guys and a gospel. This is Father Ricardo Martin. I'm the pastor at Sacred Heart Parish in Racine, Wisconsin, and also the Vice Chancellor here in the Archdiocese of Milwaukee.
1: And I'm Father Philip Bugacchi. I'm the pastor at Christ King Parish and St. Bernard Parish in Wauwatosa, Wisconsin. I'm the other guy here, and we're looking now at episode 238 the 22nd Sunday in Ordinary Time. Is that right?
0: That's correct. And we are reading from Mark's Gospel and a complicated patching today. Mark chapter 7, verses 1 to 8, 14, 15, 21 to 23. When the
1: Pharisees with some scribes who had come from Jerusalem gathered around Jesus, they observed that some of his disciples ate their meals with unclean, that is, unwashed hands. For the Pharisees, and in fact all Jews, do not eat without carefully washing their hands, keeping the tradition of the elders. And on coming from the marketplace, they do not eat without purifying themselves. And there are many other things that they have traditionally observed, the purification of cups and jugs and kettles and beds. So the Pharisees and scribes questioned him. Why do your disciples not follow the tradition of the elders, but instead eat a meal with unclean hands? He responded, Well did Isaiah prophesy about you hypocrites, as it is written, This people honors me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. In vain do they worship me, teaching as doctrines human precepts. You disregard God's commandment, but cling to human tradition. He summoned the crowd again and said to them, Hear me, all of you, and understand. Nothing that enters one from outside can defile that person, but the things that come out from within are what defile. From within people, from their hearts, come evil thoughts, unchastity, theft, murder, adultery, greed, malice, deceit, licentiousness, envy, blasphemy, arrogance, folly. All these evils come from within, and they defile. You know me enough to know what I'm doing. I know. I'm going to tell people ahead of time what's going to go on here. You're going to mention what's in between the verses that are read here. Why why don't we have all the verses?
0: So verses 9 to 13... Jesus gives the example of honor your father and your mother, but then there is an exception that if you, it was a financial obligation, but there was the exception of, instead of your parents, you would have the, the temple, that, that would be fine. So he criticizes that clever tax exemption, I guess. 14, 15, 16 is nothing. There is nothing in verse 16, which is interesting. 17, 18, 19, he's scolding the disciples in particular because they fail to understand what he's saying. 16, 17, but he makes the same point. From within people, no, before that, what comes out of a person, that is what defiles. Just a repetition, so,
1: yeah. yeah an explanation a
0: little bit. I right think they're around. trying to simplify the concept.
1: I think you're right about that. So, really important passage in terms of what I see here is, um, so it's this question, why do your disciples do this? and then this debate going on, what just comes to mind is arguing religion. Mm -hmm. I, I heard that term a couple of years ago from Bishop Robert Barron, in fact, who wrote a little book on it, but arguing religion. You know, we need to talk about important things and dialogue about really important things and question really important things. And that's really what's going on right here. It may seem a little contentious. It can seem a little intimidating, but no, this is really important. And something that I wish we did a little bit more now today is to have real mature discussions and arguments about religion and about God.
0: I think Jesus is doing that. He's he's telling the Pharisees, especially, who were the ones insisting on this, any externals of religion, any externals of faith, when it becomes more important than the concept itself. I, I would compare this with... The format is important, but the message is more important than the format. And we could end up living religion and living faith, and any religion could be accused of this, more with the rituals and the rules, more than the actual content and, and the behavior, you know, the, the ethics of, of religion. And I think that's what Jesus is saying. And he's particularly insisting on, on this rule of defiling. There was a the religious civil law, at his time was very obsessed with purity and impurity, what's what's pure, what's impure. But it's very interesting that Jesus comes to say what he says in today's gospel, and we sometimes keep doing the the same things, how, how rules and, and externalities of faith become more important than the message and the transforma- life transformation that Jesus would preach about. You know what I mean? I do. I might say it a little differently,
1: or I might feel a little differently in terms of It's not that we dispense from those things, but I think what Jesus is saying and what we need to do is to get to the heart of why. You know, so why why we do those things. So it's the internal, the external should be in coherence as much as possible in a lot of areas in life, but certainly when it comes to religious obligations and our worship of God. So kind of the why, whenever one of those becomes too important, especially the external actions, we don't know why the true intent isn't there. That's problematic. And that's where, at least when I listen to Jesus here, I, I hear him trying to get to the heart of that.
0: So we would agree on on that. It's about going to the heart of things, which I, namely, I believe how faith should transform our lives and make us better in in relationship with God and to others. But yes, we do seem to disagree a little bit because you you say one thing and I would be probably a little bit more intense in in, in Jesus, but but I I can live with that. I, I agree with what you say. The other problem I have is arguing
1: religion, by the way, good arguing religion in a a charitable way.
0: The other thing I would say is that when I'm confronted with norms of rules, especially when somebody needs an exception or or something, then I always wonder, so where is the limit? You know, should we live without any rules? No, that's not true either. So is it me who decides what's what's right and what's wrong? You know, so that's why I kind of agree with what you said even a little bit more. But I think we need to be careful not to jump to kind of a black and white on this. In exactly. terms of that's what I'm trying to
1: throughout say. the history of I would say civilization in a sense, kind of our philosophy of law of rules of it's something that's been thought about and debated for a really long time. And there there are different philosophies and rules of law. We went through this in our in canon law worlds. So, you know, we had some civil law philosophy of law class. I, th- I think you probably had the same one I did. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of history behind that. So to think. My quick reaction to this is right, and that's it. Might not necessarily be the case. So you know what I mean. I think there's there's an
0: area for some really good discussion and thought about this. So you know, I'm a, I'm a diocesan priest, but I'm a member of a community, and I there is always information in of of candidates, or or even in my community we have both men and women. You could at the seminary, I suppose, formation people at the seminary have the same problem how do you the last paragraph from within people from their hearts all these evil things happen so sometimes information there is a, a an attempt feudal attempt in my in my opinion to isolate people from the evils of the world mm. and and seminaries for instance in the past were very isolated because it was thought that these people were being formed so it would be bad to have them in touch with the normal world and the many temptations of the world and Jesus here is telling you, it doesn't matter. It's what's within mm-hmm. that will be the problem. So I think that's a very wise point also. Do, do you know what I mean? I agree. But then I'd, I'd expand on that. So here's a connection to that thought of
1: uh, of our conscience and for a well-formed conscience that comes in a lot of different ways in, in life, but kind of forming what's inside, you know, making healthy what's inside so that what
0: comes from without are less of those <laughs> things on the list than uh, than all of them listed there. I remember you mentioned also that we are, can- we re- you reminded us that we are canonists. <laughs> I remember one, uh, the now late uh, Father Kaslin, who was uh, very yeah. well respected there, Wonderful man, rest in peace. Who, the first class in canon law, I will never forget. He said, you always need to keep in mind what's human tradition distinguished from what's what we call divine law. Mm-hmm. And he always said, make sure that you see the difference and make sure that you don't see more than what the canon says. Yeah. There's a tendency to be very legalistic ourselves, and sometimes to impose more than what the the canon says. Right. So we have to be careful with that also.
1: Sometimes when we get in debates about this, it was I don't know if it was him or another professor who would say, and we've heard this, someone say, give me a number, give me a number. So give me a canon number. If you're going to argue that this is against church law, for instance, well, Mm -hmm. give me a canon number, or is this something that you were adding into it or you're creating of your own imagination
0: good i think whatever degree of this we accept we said today it's not black and white it's about being able to to see what's the most important thing which is the life transformation that jesus is asking us to have then there are some rules let's not put the rules over the person that's that's what i think you and i would agree i agree So there's a lot here to pray about, I think, and to to think about and to discern and
1: uh, a challenging gospel. Yeah, just a, a good one as we get back now into Mark's gospel here in the liturgical year so thanks so much for for all of your listening i a very appreciative one of our super fans little hannah i've known her for a long time good friends with her mom and dad and her siblings but uh hannah she's 15 years old and listens to us faithfully every friday i love hannah she's great a good buddy of mine and so thanks to her but everyone for listening and being really faithful to us so greetings to hannah yes and uh, i'll see you uh, next week take care all right